Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am your congressman, the third most popular candidate, Frank Kraft. And along with me, as always... What's up, planet Earth? Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> A.K.A. Captain Charlie, A.K.A. Bean. Bean. Welcome to the Bean. That's right. Next on Frank the Bean. Well... Important thing, uh, last night we celebrated the Bean becoming our elder on this show. It was his 40th uh, birthday celebration. Thank you, thank you. Yes, he is elderly now. He is <laughs> much older than all the other members of this show. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was a good time. Irish things and drinking and other Irish things that aren't drinking. But uh, anyway... Here we are. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we made it, just barely. I kind of wanted to open up the show with both of us just like wearing sunglasses, sitting totally still. Just... <laughs> it's like, hey, we're here to talk. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, uh, this week, as as the days went by, and especially, you know, approaching the weekend, thinking about the show, I was just like, you know, what? What are the big stories? And kind of like last week, where like the big stories were all about members of the media, you know? And it's like, well, none of that's important. Uh, this week, I was like, well, what's the big story? And the biggest story is this dude on the subway in New York. Um, have, you, have you heard it? I may have heard something about it. So basically, the, the, okay, basically what happened is this guy's on the subway in New York, and he's ranting and raving, uh, just pissed off uh, I don't even care if I go back to jail just and he slams his jacket down on a seat and so at some point this dude like subdues him this like 24 year old uh, former marine he like takes him to the ground uh, puts him in a rear naked it looks like and uh, and he gets the hook like his feet have the hooks in down low he's got the, the rear naked up top and then like he kind of you know once the dude stops squirming he he lets go. There's two other guys, too, that are, like, helping subdue this guy. And so in, like, the video that came out, um, you know, you can hear somebody going, you know, he's not moving, he's not moving. And they're just like, oh, he doesn't have it, like, locked in. He's just kind of holding them, you know? Um, which seems to imply, like, the guy sunk it in, let it go, and after that was just holding because, like, there weren't any cops anywhere, and so they are waiting for the cops to come. Um, and so, oh, and the, but the guy ended up dying. Oh. Yeah, so he ended up dying. Um, oh boy. Right. So that's problematic. Um, but what's happened is cause I read, I read a little bit. I saw like a still frame. I was like, Oh, well that sucks. Um, but then, uh, one of my employees came in and, uh, she was talking about how, uh, the story came out and just how people like, how come people think they have the right to like take people's lives and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I was like, though, I mean, just from the, Almost nothing I've read on this. I don't think that guy set out like, I'm going to take a life today. I was like, maybe he didn't know. And I, I hadn't even checked out the video all the way. So I was like, maybe he held the choke too long. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, like I, like stupidity. Um, but I don't think it was like murder. You know, I don't think he set out to kill the guy. Um, but then watching like the video and, and all that kind of stuff where it's like, well, I don't know. Everybody seems to think that he let go of the choke and because uh, like with the rear naked you shut off uh blood Blood's like the, yeah the arteries of yeah. blood to the brain and uh and that's what makes you pass out but as soon as you let go you know it starts flowing again. Yeah. yeah and like the fact that he took him to the ground uh, is actually even better for the 
for the victim, theoretically, and that it'd be easier uh, horizontal on the ground for blood to, you know, get nice and regulated everywhere. Um, so anyway, all that. Um, but people are trying to turn him into like a civil rights icon or into George Floyd or to Trayvon Martin or something like that, uh, where they where it's a big deal indicative of everything wrong with America and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, the only thing that's similar to George Floyd is that there was a, you know, a submission type thing, shutting off blood to the brain, but it wasn't by the cops. Like the George Floyd thing was because like a cop had his knee on that dude's artery. And when he went like, you know, when he just limped out, he didn't get up for, what was it? Six minutes, something crazy like that. All the other cops were like, Hey, why stay away? You know, that was, you know, that was the state, you know, murdering somebody pretending to serve us all. Um, this is just some dude, you know, on, on the subway or three dudes, I guess on the subway that thought they were keeping everybody safe, you know? And there was one witness that was like, he's like, I'm a little torn on it. He's like, he's being real aggressive and scary and all that. He's like, but he had not, he didn't strike any. He hadn't put hands on anybody by the time this, this attack or whatever this, this choke happened. Um, but anyway, with, the what people are doing now though is they found clips of him uh, performing performing in the subway, looking like Michael Jackson. And it's like, look, he was just, you know, being poor is not a crime. Being homeless is not a crime. Uh, he just liked to. He liked it. He had mental health issues. He he needed help in that moment. Mental health help. And he's just, you know, very much a victim and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know exactly, considering like <laughs> the. Considering it was all a bunch of private citizens involved in this, I don't know what people are protesting, but they are. <laughs> and so, there um, just uh, it. I just it seems. It just seems like it's not. Um, it just doesn't seem to, like it's this big of a deal that it's like national news that like, cause cause the other thing about it, this this poor victim guy, right? He currently has. A warrant for his arrest for assaulting like a 60 something year old woman she what happened was she walked off that train and he punched her in the face wow yeah and then people online have been like i know that guy he tried to shove me in the train tracks at that exact same station last week and so you know super victim guy ends up uh, uh, he is getting more violent physically and possibly attempting to kill people here and there so he went from like i do michael jackson songs to like now he's punching random ladies in the face and like trying to shove people in the train tracks um but you know it's not right so we got to protest yeah let's see if it's working here Ooh, let's see this is uh i got this off the new york post uh website let's see look at them Look how crazy these people are standing on the tracks. There's all these, I don't know what they are, Gen Zers standing on the tracks and a bunch more people taking pictures. Look at that cop lady. Is she just taking pictures? She is. She's got her phone out too. But she's on the radio. Oh, on the, radio? the radio? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's much better. <laughs> that dude with a Che Guevara shirt on. 
Um, one of those tracks is live. I know, right? <laughs> you never touch the third rail, right? right. That's the thing. They're just standing on all these rails. The dude ain't got a shirt on. Oh my god! Look, here's this train coming. And look, watch this. I think more people are gonna jump down. No justice, no peace. What just? Okay, stop killing black people. Justice for Jordan Neely. Well, okay. she was efficient with her. Material use. <laughs> his sign just says Jordan Neely. Nothing about him. Just his name. Look at all these people. <laughs> Trying to help that person down. Can't hop down on her own. This is so stupid. Like, just to stand. Let's see. I'll wait, let black men something. Shoot. Lost it. No peace, no justice, no peace. Look at these guys. Hm. That dude looks like an artist, I know. Um, all right, that's enough. This goes on. But yeah, look, what are, you know, no justice, no peace. Like, they arrested, um, they detained the guy that put him in a choke, you know, got all of his information, took him down to the station. They released him, but they didn't say no charges would be filed. They just got all his info and said, you're free to go for now. I mean... Considering you can shove someone onto the train tracks and be out within two minutes, you would assume somebody that's cooperating can also be out in two minutes. Because, um, you know, New York with their no-cash bail thing. Um, and I, you know, the Jordan Neely cat obviously has some issues. Uh, he's got, like He's been arrested like 72 times, but it's, a lot of it's like turnstile jumping and all that. So you can tell like he's just kind of a, a homeless cat that wants to stay that way and but like it seems like he was ramping up you know as far as not getting treatment and going from like i don't know i'm gonna just break in here and do some singing and dancing to like i'm gonna shove random people in train tracks and punch random people in the face and so like the story that you hear from the type of people that are standing on train tracks right now in shig guevara shirts like it's, first of all <laughs> you know what he didn't like he didn't like black people. He didn't. He said horrible things about them. Some black people were like lazy and prone to drink and stuff like that. And uh, he didn't like contemporary music. He only liked classical music. He thought all contemporary music was horrible. And uh, anyway, and he was just a killer for hire. Like he worked for people. He was great at it. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was great at it. But they would hire him when it's like, hey, we need to like kill off some towns and stuff. He's like, oh, I can help organize that. Um, anyway, I got distracted by this stupid shirt. But all these people, when they talk about the story of what happened on the train, they're like, well, this, uh, this young man, this young black man was feeling frustrated by his lack of house, his lack of job, lack of funds. And he was just on the train voicing how frustrated he was with not having money and a place to live. And he threw his jacket down in frustration on the seat, and then this man just murdered him. And, like, other people were like, he was acting real aggressive, and he was threatening the whole train car. You know, I don't know what happened. I mean, sounds like he's a nutter. Sounds like he's a violent nutter. Doesn't, does he deserve to die? No, not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're a very violent person and you're throwing a, a fit where you're threatening a whole car of people, like... Something might happen, you know? Um, and, like, no justice, no peace. I mean, I guess 
you know, the, the mayor has already spoken out about what a victim this guy is. Kamala Harris has spoken out about what a victim this guy is. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm sure the guy's going to be going to have a trial. Like I doubt this, the 24 year old Marines just going to be like, they're going to be like, well, I don't know. Self-defense. It's like, no, I mean, in, in New York, um, remember that bodega owner? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Some dude broke in, was like trying to take all, or trying to assault him. He shot him. And they're like, that's murder. It's like, that's, it's on video. We can watch him defending himself. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's all on video. They're like, yeah, but sounds a little murdery. <laughs> uh, all these people are so stupid too. Like I know, uh, you know, I know people are very sensitive to all sorts. Uh, it's when someone of color dies, you know, it's a much bigger deal if the perpetrator of that killing was a white person, right? Um, or possibly an Asian. Asians don't kill anybody, it seems like. But uh, when you look at the stats, like, every single race of people, all of the races, except, except for Asians, actually. Let me take that back. Everybody but Asians are the top killer of their own uh, race. Yep. You know? Yep. White people mainly kill white people. Black people mainly kill black people. And I guess the kind of inverse of that stat, um, you know, if a white person is killed, it was probably a white person. If a black person was killed, it's probably a black person. It's something like 84% or something. We get that flicker thing. Yeah, it's popping up every now. Not as much as the last time. Yeah, pop off the, uh, the pip there. Maybe it'll be better. I'd check some of the wires, but not all of them. Um, but that's the reality. Like, so this whole, like, stop killing black people. It's like, cool. Um, black people kill, like, like, 84% of the black people killed are killed by black people. And, like, similar stat for white people and Hispanic people. Asians, not so much. Asians aren't killing each other as much. I forget who killed them the most, but it's not, it's not the Asians. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so I don't know. This whole thing, it's, it's one of these just stupid, like, news stories that's going to suck up a lot of oxygen. And I'm not saying that, you know... This man's life doesn't doesn't matter, um, or that it doesn't matter. It's just not a national story. Some dude on the subway who thought some three dudes on the subway who got fed up with this crazy, this obviously crazy violent guy, and three dudes like let's subdue him, and something went wrong. Like, yeah, I mean, he died, and we don't. I mean, there's no autopsy yet. Maybe he was on fentanyl too, um, like they uh, like old Floyd was. But uh, it just doesn't seem like it's this super important national story. Because it's not, this time the state didn't kill him. You know, people pay to, to serve and protect. They, those people didn't kill this guy. For once. For once, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got this shirt from, uh, there's this t-shirt company called Meth Syndicate, which is a great name. That I got this orange shirt, and it's got this picture of like a revolver on it. It says, guns don't kill people. Cops kill people. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, haven't gotten to wear it too much yet. But um, but yeah, so when I was trying to think of like what has been the big story that this week, um, that was it. And so, you know, we're talking about it here. But I think the biggest part about it is just how unimportant it is. You know, yes, life has value, etc. Uh, but... In the grand scheme of everything that's going on in the world, right? Like this is the thing. Like we're gonna, 
shut down subways and they were blocking people inside of subway cars and everything where like people are trying to get out like just let me off this train they're like you're not getting off this train and so you know i don't know how people have the patience i would definitely end up as one of those guys that didn't on the internet for just cracking some dude in the face or something because like i am getting off this train right you know <laughs> whether you move or not yeah, i'm getting off this train <laughs> uh, you know, probably not the smartest thing, probably not the best way to stay out of jail, but, like, I don't know. These people have a remarkable patience, I would say. I just wish that we could just learn <laughs> to just leave people be. Like, not, and I'm not saying, I, I think it was, I think an interaction with the gentleman who lost his life was absolutely necessary in that situation to me. Like, if, and unless you want to see what happens... Yeah, you know, try and de-escalate. If I mean, like you said, we weren't there, right? We don't know how long it how long it was going on for before an interaction happened, but yeah, I don't know. Just well, and like, and that you know that that one guy, the one witness, I was like, you know, I'm torn because no one had he had he had not put hands on anybody yet, and it's like that's I mean, it's a good point, it's a valid point, you know, um, but. Um, you know, it sounds like a lot of people were thinking he might soon. And we do know that he served time for, you know what? I think the cracking the lady in the face isn't what the warrant's out for. I think that's just a different thing that he did. Cause I think he served like a year or something for that. Um, but, uh, or he got convicted with something, but yeah, so he's, you know, he's got a history. Not that all these people know about his history, but I don't know. Like how much, how much, are you really going to just put up with while someone's just acting a total fool? You know, it's, you know, it possibly he put the rear naked choke in too long. Possibly he didn't even have to do that. Wrap him up without the choke. Um, I'll tell you it works. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've put a couple people onto it and it's, it diffuses the situation fast when they're unconscious. Um, there was one time for, I think it was Christmas Eve and, uh, we were in Memphis and maybe it was Christmas night, but we were in Memphis and, uh, my cousin was playing, uh, at some, some bar, I forget where, and, uh, he plays bass and he, he sang is real good. It was kind of a, I don't know, kind of mofro-y, like rock bluesy sound. Anyway, there's this guy that was drunk as dirt. And so like, uh, he came by and he was trying to uh, spit a little game at Sally. Trying to. He was so drunk. And she's like, I know you. You were the one that was hitting on the girls waiting in line in the bathroom. He's like, ah, nah. She's like, yeah, everybody was just waiting in line to use the bathroom. You were <laughs> talking to everybody. And she's like, he was like, anyway, I'm with my family. Kind of go away type thing. And so he left and he came back and tried it again. And this time, though, he, like, grabbed her under her arm. You know, went to, like, lift her up. So like we, I kind of popped up to diffuse things. And I'm like, hey man, my dad popped up too, and he did not <laughs> pop up to diffuse things. <laughs> and so like, I was coming over there, like, hey hey, listen. And so dad's coming to the other side, and so I forget what he said. Like, hey, motherfucker, you know, he, he said something that was not diffusing. It was like, I'm gonna kick your ass type thing. <laughs> and so like, I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> and so like, it was uh, some kind of he turns, you know, and now he's facing my dad and he's about to like, he starts going back to like punch. So I just wrapped him up real quick and, uh, you know, sunk him down. 
and uh, you know, just quick, and then laid him, laid him down, and uh, he he was a lot more subdued after that. He did get up and try and charge me like a rhino after that, but I kind of gave him a little flippy, flippy, and it was all good. But uh, but then he got tossed. He <laughs> yeah, he got tossed out by the bouncer, <laughs> and so we go back to just have, trying to you know have some drinks, enjoy the cousin show. And uh, he comes back in with, he has a hat on. Like he puts on a costume and sneaks back in with with just a baseball cap pulled down. And like, cause we were kind of talking about something. We're like, hey, look, there he is right there. (laughs) I was hoping he would have like glasses and a big nose on, but (laughs) just the hat. Anyway, so that's to say, like, you can use it Mm -hmm. without killing people. And, you know, you do it often in MMA type stuff. You know, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, Relativity, you know? Yeah, the guy could have been bad at, I don't know, the choke. He might not know how to do it properly. And, you know, there's that. So, well, but time will tell, and everybody's freaking out. Like, they know, like, they, like, this is definitely about murdering innocent black people and not caring about taking the life of black people in America. And it's like, I just, it feels like a stretch. feels like you want it to mean that, you know? Because... Out of the three guys that were trying to subdue him, one of, one of the guys looked like he's black. One of the guys might have been Hispanic. I don't know. It's New York. You know, there's lots of different people on the train. So, I just... Anyway, with other things that are going on, you know how I... Uh, I think... I think we're in it for a world of pain very soon, financially speaking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talked about... I think I talked about this, the Amex thing last week. Mm-hmm. So... Just I brought it up here just to show from Reuters, you know. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see where they say it. Uh, Amex raised. Oh, we good? Okay. Amex raised its provisions to 1.1 billion dollars compared with the benefit of 33 million a year ago, and in, in anticipation of more cardholders falling behind in their debt payments. And so they talk about inflation, uh, you know, rising borrowing costs, and all that kind of stuff. Um, stubborn inflation. Stubborn. I thought it was transitory. Remember that transitory inflation? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's. It seems like it just. It didn't transit it anywhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, and well, I guess we'll get to all the other stuff. So you know, this was obviously the one thing uh, that I mentioned already, where it's like when Amex is preparing for 1.1 billion dollars worth of credit card charges to just not be paid. Um, like this year, because like in inflationary times, if you're smart, which I imagine financially speaking, credit card companies are fairly smart with money. Um, the last thing you're going to do is take a bunch of money and turn it into cash when it's becoming worth less every day. So to take $1 billion and not have it invested in anything, not, you know, just, just cash. Um, that, Tells me that it's going to be, they, you know, short term, we need that money soon. You know, we will not be able to uh, make it liquid later in a timely manner. We need it now. So, you know, that was that was the one thing that has been kind of, that was the 20th of April, you know. So that's a little bit ago. Um, so now we got this bank, PacWest, says it's considering all options after its shares plunged more than 50%. Um, do 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 Another U.S. regional lender caught up in the worst banking crisis since 2008 is looking for help. PacWest Bank, based in California, confirmed Thursday that it's exploring, quote, 
all we froze we froze oh well i can still read because i went to school um here i'll try to refresh real quick see if oh no i don't know why that played those idiots oh no let me show these people up eh, eh, eh. let's get back here go up here and do a little refreshy Let's give it a shot now. Nope. All right, whatever. I'll just read it. Um, stupid CNN business. Uh, da -da -da -da. Exploring strategic options is Wall Street lingo for please help. The last bank to announce it was exploring strategic options was First Republic Bank, which, of course, just failed. That regional, oh, that regional bank failed Monday, and J.P. Morgan purchased most of its assets. So, like, you know, we had uh, Silicon Valley Bank which had lots of very wealthy people invested in, or banking with it. It was an investment bank that had, you know, I think it's less protections than other ones, you know, um, but also just wealthy people. And so, like, lots of Silicon Valley tech people had their money there. Lots of um, influential people had their money there. Uh, and, of course, the, the Fed, the government was just like, don't worry, we're going to back up everything above and beyond the insurance because it's our money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we want these people to give the money to us for re-election, so they need the money. We'll give them your money so they can give their money to us. Um, anyway, I'll see. In accordance with normal practices, the company and its board of directors continuously review strategic options, Pacwa said in a statement. Recently, the co company has been approached by several potential partners and investors discussing an on or discussions are ongoing. The company will continue to evaluate all options to maximize shareholder value. Uh, let's see. Bloomberg said that, citing an anonymous source, um, that the bank has been looking to sell itself, but bidders aren't coming out of the woodwork. So, you know, one thing that's been happening, um, let's see if it talks about that in here, so I can just read what they say about it. No. Okay. So, you know, the Fed has been increasing interest rates, you know, about a quarter point at a time, you know, but they've been doing a lot of them, you know. Uh, so first, for years and years, the Fed squashed rates to zero, just artificially, just print money, give it out to everybody. All the banks are flush with cash. You can get money anytime you want. The interest rate is nothing. You bet on every risky investment you got. Like, money is free. Let's go get it, you know? Um, and, of course, that causes inflation of its own. Um, but some of the banks even seeking to be responsible were buying bonds, you know, long-term bonds. Um, and so they keep 10% of your deposit in the bank, invest 90%. And so, you know, when you get a bond that'll pay off the equivalent of I don't know, let's just say 1% or something interest in uh, three years. Um, and then right now, interest rates are like 5% or something. Like, that's a crappy deal. But also, if someone goes, I want my money back, and it's all on these bonds, well, you got to sell it and take a big loss on the thing. So now you have less cash. Um, and if enough people do that, you know, it's a run on the bank, and now the bank ain't got no money. It's bankrupt. Um, you know, uh, I think the Silicon Valley uh, tried to like sell all sorts of assets. They were just like, just sell, sell, sell. Let's see what we can do. But um, you know, right now, like 
stock market's kind of down, you know, interest rates are up. It's, it's kind of a funky situation. Um, so that was, um, so that, so it got sold to JP Morgan Chase. Um, the interesting thing about it though, is not all of it. Uh, JP Morgan Chase didn't just say, Hey, this, I'll buy that bank. They bought the good assets. Guess who, guess who paid for the bad assets? Taxpayers? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So the U.S. government took care of all the bad assets, all the bad papers. Like, well, look, that's not good. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> um, and, they, and then they said, boom, boom, problem solved. Like, we understand this bank was in trouble. Solved it. Solved the problem. It's done. Um, or is it? Let's see. Let's check to see it. This website here. No? Mm-mm. What the hell? None of these things are working. Try refresh. Not Maybe here. it's the cookie monster. Maybe. Let me close that stupid video. Because every time I hit refresh, it refreshes that one. Uh, uh, oh, wait. There is a cookie monster in here. Oh, fuff. Let's listen to Frank and the Bean talk cookies. <laughs> okay, what the hell? This is a lot of options. This is on the blaze and they give you like coloring options and content scaling and all sorts of stuff um i don't know here try it now yep i'll be dipped i'll be dipped all right so there have been three major bank failures so far this year some experts claim the carnage may not yet be at an end uh former federal reserve bank of dallas president robert kaplan told bloomberg television this week that he thinks the banking situation may well be more serious than we currently understand Silicon Valley Bank collapsed in March, marking the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Second largest in U.S. history, and we just kind of just gloss over it. Signature Bank, which had $110 billion in assets at the end of 2022, making it the 29th largest bank of all time, failed shortly thereafter. I mean, 29 is still a big bank for ever. Biggest bank ever. Um, Americans have pulled nearly $100 billion out of banks since... Uh, Janet Yellen, Biden's Treasury Secretary, was yelling about it. Because <laughs> she's yelling. <laughs> uh, anyway, she claimed in mid-March that the banking system is sound. However, just weeks later, First Republic Bank, which had assets over $200 billion uh, and catered to wealthy elites, similarly failed. Hmm, all these wealthy elite banks. First Republic's demise represented the second largest banking failure in American history, trailing the 2008 collapse of Washington Mutual. Hmm, interesting. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, substantial majority assets chase, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, here we go. Echoing Yellen's mar- uh, claim, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon suggested Monday that the primary phase of the regional bank crisis was over. There may be another smaller one, but this pretty much resolves them all. That part of the crisis is over. All done. We're all done. Um, so, you know, this guy just got, like, a big old chunk of new good assets. And he's like, all right, problem solved, people. Um, you know, one of the things after 2008, um, that when they're doing all their regulations, like, we're never going to let this happen again. Uh, one of the big things was they didn't want banks to ever be too big to fail again. I was like, oh, they were just too big to fail. We can't have that. It's like, 
So we're just going to let Chase buy up all the banks. And get bigger. And get bigger. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry. They'll be too big to fail. (laughs) Like they won't be able to because they're so big. Right. We did it. So, there's one more little piece of gravy on top of the... Well, actually, before we get into that. So, I was mentioning this last night. So, you know, the biggest banking collapse since Washington Mutual, the whatever largest bank, the ninth largest bank or whatever it was. uh, 29th. Well, there's 29th and there's that other one. What was it? Let's see. Hold on. There's the 29th and then there is second largest bank. Um, yeah, so second uh, second largest bank failure was Silicon, and then the 29th largest bank of all time, and then on top of that, the second largest banking failure in American history. Anyway, so these are giant collapses. How do you feel about things, Charlie? This is fine. <laughs> the best part is the painting behind you with the fire. It's like, it works. It's fine. This is, everything's fine. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, and it's we've paid out more this year than we have for all of 2008. Um, and so it's like, okay, so we've spent more than 2008 bailing out banks. They're still collapsing. We're still... We just... They just announced they're raising interest another quarter point, you know? Everybody... Actually, let me just read the end of this article here because it's... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, so the Fed is expected to raise its benchmark rate by you know 0.25 percentage points. Um, so Kaplan, the former head of the Dallas Fed, was, I'd prefer to do what's called a hawkish pause, not raise, but signal that we are in the tightening stance. It's more important to be able to sustain the current rate for extended period of time uh, longer than the market thinks than to get another 25 to 50 basis points and risk having to cut again. I think it will be that'll be very troubling. We did it. We raised it. So, not what he said. We did the other thing. And so, you know, banks are failing in part because of, I mean, really, it's because of all the way that the Fed's played with money for years and years now. But the straw right now that's breaking its back is the interest rates going up. And so we've got those three big crashes, and then we're like, let's raise it again. And we're going to raise it again. We're proud, but I bet, yeah, what is it, like, presidential elections next year i bet you we raise it at least one more time this year i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if there was two before the presidential like maybe during prime like before we're out of primary season i bet you we raise it two to three more times that's my front craft prediction <laughs> get my sound effects there. this time it'll work <laughs> <laughs> that's right I feel like if we just manipulate the dollar the right way, we can really outsmart the market this time. <laughs> <laughs> I got this idea, right? You take all these bad loans, like this risky mortgages, where maybe people are just in way over their head and they got, uh, they're going to have a ballooning rates soon. We package them all together like a security. And I think we sell those to people. It'd be great. We can just, there'll be securities. Backed by mortgages. Steady. That'd be good. You know, people are still selling those mortgage-backed securities. Wow. Um, I think they do it with car loans, too. Because, you know, car loans, it start getting, uh, you can get like a 
What can you, you can get like an eight year car loan or something, can't you? Uh yeah, you can you can definitely push them now. Yeah. Like they used to like top out of like four, didn't yeah. they? Yep. Yeah. Um But yeah, I I heard a while ago about yeah, some people are trying to like do auto loan backed securities. It's just like this that it doesn't feel like we learn anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like a band aid that doesn't actually help. Yeah, and like the problem too is um when our government steps in to make sure that these banks uh, don't feel any pain by it, it's so, you know the too big to fail thing. It's like, of course, why, why would anybody learn a lesson? Like, what lesson did you learn? The lesson I learned was we can be as risky as possible, stack that cash to the ceiling, and if we screw up, don't worry, they'll pay us back. We're too big to go down. The whole country will suffer. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that is what you learned. But. I guess we're getting a little. Ooh, actually, hold on. I got cookie settings here before you switch over. I'm gonna actually do my. I'm gonna like set all. No. This is. I guess we got some. I like the sites that are like accept what is needed. Yeah, strictly necessary cookies. Yeah. Oh, I like those. I've got a. Uh, I like it when they give it as a button on the front end. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, I still don't trust it all that well. So this is a uh, Daily Wire. Lawmakers dumped their shares in First Republic Bank before the company collapsed. So the government's looking out for us, guys. (laughs) Multiple lawmakers sold their shares in First Republic Bank in the weeks before the firm collapsed and was sold to J.P. Morgan Chase by financial regulators. That's the other part about it. Like, someone else sold the bank. The bank didn't sell it to Chase. Someone else was like, your bank is now Chase. I was like, oh, that was my bank. It was. First Republic Bank imploded on Monday, weeks after Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank similarly collapsed. As account holders with balances above the FDIC threshold rushed to withdraw their funds, periodic transaction disclosure forms reveal that multiple lawmakers jettisoned their shares in First Republic Bank uh, or, or acquired shares in J.P. Morgan Chase over the past two months, a phenomenon which follows accusations that some lawmakers routinely buy stocks at opportune times to cut losses by, and cut losses by selling shares. I mean, they represent us. They wouldn't do that. That would... If we did, it would be insider trading. I'm sure they couldn't do that. The audacity. The audacity of hope. Um... The lawmakers who sold shares of First Republic Bank indeed avoided heavy losses. The firm stock fell from $121.54 at the beginning of the year to $3.51 at the time of collapse. Damn. Let's see. Uh, Lois Frankel, Democrat Florida, sold between $1,000 and $15,000 in First Republic and bought the same amount in J.P. Morgan Chase uh, on March 22nd. So basically sold their stuff. Week later, bought the new bank. Just moving money. Uh-huh. Ro Khanna, who sometimes doesn't seem like a horrible person. Democrat, California, sometimes he does. But uh, he even called out uh, Feinstein. I think it's like, look, she's clearly mentally incapable. Like, she has no memory. She has dementia. We have to face this. We just, she needs to retire. <laughs> you were like, oh, sexist. <laughs> he, He's like, it's California. A Republican's not going to take the seat. She needs to step down. <laughs> anyway, so Rokana also purchased um, between... Oh, he, oh, oh, he purchased between one and 15 grand to First Republic on March 9th 
uh, but sold the same amount on March 15th. And then as well, and then purchased the same amount in J.P. Morgan Chase uh, on March 3rd and the 14th. His disclosure form said the shares belonged to his wife and dependent child. Of course they did. He didn't do it. His, his wife likes to play the markets, you know? It's either that or backgammon, you know? You know? Um, John Curtis, Republican Utah, sold between 1 and 15 grand in First Republic on March 16th. And the wife of Earl Blumenauer, Democrat Oregon, sold between 1 and 15 grand on March 20th. Dan Goldman, Democrat New York, also sold the same amount March 15th. Holy, they just keep listing more and more. And Nicole's person, Maliotakis, Republican New York, uh, previously bought uh, between 1 and 15 grand. Uh, in New York Community Bank Corp, the company which would acquire Signature Bank. Oh, okay. On March 17th. So she got in on the other one. Um, so it goes on to say that, you know, people, strange allies are forming between like uh, Matt Gates and uh, AOC on a proposed bill that would prohibit fellow lawmakers, their spouses, and their dependents from buying or selling individual stocks. Uh, the latest and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so... Banks are collapsing. Our rates are going to keep going up because um, it's only natural with this much, after printing this much money for so long and artificially squishing rates for so long, it has to happen. Like rates have to go. I've been waiting for the rates to go up since right before Obama's second term. I, uh, I remember thinking, because after the second debate or something like that, I was like, holy cow, Like Romney just stomped the crud out of him on this debate. Uh, it was the first or second one. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I think Romney might win this. Because like, uh, Obama had bad numbers. Like uh, Economic numbers were bad. He was polling real low. And I was like, holy cow. Like, I don't know. I think, and so like, I remember I refinanced my mortgage at that last house because I was like, you know, if Romney really is Mr. like, I go in and I rescue businesses and get them back to being profitable. And I'm going to do that with this country. And I was like, well, if he really is going to do that, like the thing that someone needs to do sooner than later is to raise interest rates. Because if they don't, we're going to be getting hit really hard in the future. And, uh, of course, he didn't win. And, of course, no one raised interest rates. And then uh, the conservative uh, Donald Trump got elected. And uh, he didn't raise interest rates. And uh, so... Now they're going up, and I don't know where they're going to end, you know. Um, I know our money is not going to be worth a whole lot, so that's good. Um, but, I, you know, it just feels like, it feels, and we're done with this article. Um, it feels like that is something we should be, it feels like we should be hearing more about this right now. You know, not trying to depress the whole country with doom and gloom, but it's like, Three banks with like oh with you know billions in assets have failed. Um, banks are struggling with their bond investments that are supposed to be stable, sinking them. We're still raising interest rates that causes those bonds to sink them. <laughs> you know, like it's and we've been printing money like crazy. Oh, and we're still printing money like crazy, and our president and congress wants to spend anywhere between like like the conservative republicans want to 
uh, spend about $2 trillion in debt this year. And then the Democrats want to spend like $6 trillion in debt. Um, like after, like just total debt, we don't have the money. We just print it and make it up money. Um, while we sit at $31 trillion in total debt. And like we just, nobody, nobody questions lawmakers about like, hey, isn't this dangerous? And aren't we kind of seeing the fruits of these sorts of actions uh, bear out? And it's like, no, it's fine. Transitory inflation. It won't be around very long. You know, this bank. Oh, we solved the bank crisis. We sold that bank to JP Morgan. John, James, John Diamond. James, Don, what was it? John Diamond? I forget. Anyway, he's a great guy. What a mensch. <laughs> like, he'll take it from there. Um, but instead, we're talking about some dude getting in a fight on the subway. And about how that really is telling about America. Or, or transgenders and beer and all that kind of stuff. Um, did you see, I saw this thing that was going, going around the internet. It was Fenway Park. And, uh, so you see this one line, this long line of people waiting for beer at Fenway Park. And then it showed like the Bud Light booth and it was like totally empty and like the employees like playing on his phone. And it's just like, wow, like people are really still pissed at Bud Light. Oh, the best thing too. Um, at this point, it's all kind of schadenfreude for me. Like, I just, um, the, so Budweiser, or I mean, Anheuser-Busch and Bev, whatever, they, they're trying to kind of walk back the stuff. Like, well, you know, we just, we didn't really approve that at upper, upper levels, and we love America, and, you know, you know, stars and stripes forever, and let's just not look over in that direction. Well, now the LGBTQIA plus community is just like, look at these cowards backing down. And so now they're calling for a boycott of Bud Light. <laughs> so now if you're pro-LGBTQIA, you can't drink Bud Light. And if you're tired of all the train stuff, you can't drink Bud Light. And if you're just, I don't know, I guess if you're uh, socially conservative, you can't, like, no one's going to be allowed to drink Bud Light. They're going to watch them just have to like, get rid of the whole brand and, like, bring something else and call it Bud silver or something you know maybe the uh maybe the government will have to bail out bud light dear god <laughs> <laughs> i'm just not ready for jokes like that charlie <laughs> they'll do it too <coughs> excuse me yep no i yeah i think they'll do that <laughs> this the uh the um the idea that if you don't look at it or you don't talk about it, it just goes away. Yeah. Is scary. It's scary in how effective it is. Yeah. And like, I mean, it doesn't go away, but no one has to talk about it. Like, we're just sitting there. Like, you know, I keep just mentioning it casually to people. I'm like, hey, what do you think about the fact that we've spent this much money already like, compared to 2008? They look at me like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. We're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it right now. And like... Yeah, it just, he just, oh, don't, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Wait, look over here. Look at that thing. It'll fix itself. Yeah, it'll fix itself. Um, let's see. What do I want to jump to next? Um, we can do, this is kind of fun. Speaking of corrupt government, this is Newsweek. Hey, all right. We got, uh. FBI's Catholicism memos, no laughing matter, an opinion by Ashley McGuire, Newsweek. Um, 
It's okay to be Roman Catholic, right? That was a question Congressman Jeff Van Drew posed to an FBI official in recent investigative hearings run by Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Somebody answer me, please, Van Drew followed up after an awkward silence. You'll forgive him for asking. The hearings, ignored almost entirely, save for a handful of conservative news outlets, were looking into the leaked FBI memo alleging some kind of tie between what it, what it called radical traditionalist Catholic ideology and violent extremism. The FBI is now being sued over its failure to comply with the standard FOIA request to release emails discussing the contents. The agency's recalcitrance was unsurprising given the memo's appalling contents. Um, what else let's say? The memo, the memo states that racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists in radical traditionalist Catholic ideology almost certainly presents new mitigation opportunities. It discusses new avenues for tripwire and source development, including through outreach to traditionalist Catholic parishes and the development of sources with a placement and access to report on those supposed extremists. Um, this person says, that's jargon, forget local priests and parishioners to spy on fellow mass goers. And that's exactly what it is. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, Roman Catholicism, bunch of terrorists. <laughs> bunch of terrorists. Saw it coming. <laughs> like, it's just, this is the FBI who's supposed to, uh, I don't, they're supposed to investigate federal crimes. Just investigate actual crimes that exist. Um, Remember that uh, parents who go to school board meetings, they were listed as domestic terrorists. I forgot about this one until I kind of stumbled on an article from forever ago. Uh, Juggalos, they made it to the, the FBI. I think they were a criminal organization. Wow. Yeah, Juggalos. All right, ICP. Yeah, that's right. They got their Fago and stuff, and they're going to take you out, um, which is actually... I do remember that popped up. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> All these people, they're clown paint on, drinking crappy soda. And it's just like, they're a gang. They should be taken seriously. It's like, I don't know if you've ever heard, was it Shaggy Two Dope talk? Right. You don't have to take them too seriously. <laughs> um, but here we are in the name of protecting all of us. Um, in the name of protecting all of us. We're just going to uh, go after the Catholics now. Oops. I think it's still getting the sound. Just yeah. not to hear. Um, we'll see if it comes back. Um, it's back. No, of course. I took it out of my ear. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So it's like they're, they're talking about infiltrating Catholic churches. Uh, they're saying that, um, you know, the more traditionalists, which I know like there's like a... There's a belief in, like, I guess, traditionalism with a capital T, where it is more um, more racist and stuff like that. You see it in, um, like, Alexander Dugan, who is, like, Putin's homeboy. Um, he's big into that. It, it starts sounding a lot like... Um, it sounds a lot like when you hear conservatives talk about, you know, like... the. Saving the soul of our country and stuff like Steve that. Steve Bannon, I think, is a, lo a little bit like that. Probably, yeah. yeah. I could I could see Bannon, because I think Bannon's... Has he interviewed du Dugan? I don't know. But, like, it, yeah, Bannon's a turd. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was that kind of guy. Because um, it is like, it's like, let's get back to the good values. White values. Right. <laughs> you know, it just kind of sloops in there and you're like, wait, what, what was that last part? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, traditional values of European white Americans. <laughs> um, but I guess they're saying that maybe there's some of this going on in the Catholic Church somewhere. Um, I know that I, I keep just by happenstance employing Catholic ladies and they're very nice. And like, I could, both, both of these Catholic ladies that I've, I've hired to like, uh, help with like deliveries and stuff like that. I could take a stack of hundred dollar bills before I leave for the day, just throw them in the middle of the floor. And if they had a key, I, then I could give them a key and be like, Oh, go in on Sunday and, uh, restock the pens, you know? And I guarantee that all the hundred dollar bills will be picked up, counted, and they'll say, Hey, I picked up seventy five hundred dollar bills for you and I put them in your desk. I don't know what happened. I hope everything's okay. <laughs> so you know. Clear terrorists. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um yeah, so like FBI called the the parents that went to parent uh the school board meetings as potential domestic terrorists. And, uh, and like officially labeled and now the FBI is officially labeling like Roman Catholics as potential terrorists. Um, and you know, after nine 11, they couldn't help, but, but find Muslim kids left and right, uh, to turn into terrorists, you know, just to lock them up where it's like, well, you know, he was gonna, he clicked the trigger. It's like, yeah, you met him on an internet board and you groomed him for a year, talked him into doing it, and you got him hyped up, told him he had to do it, and then you waited for him to finally go, and then you're like, terrorist. Like, he didn't want to do it. He wasn't looking out, look, seeking out jihad. You talked him into it. And they did that an unfortunate amount. But it kind of seems like the FBI sees enemies everywhere. Except for internally, of course. It's like an extension of the Patriot Act. Oh, God. Oh, and they were trying to do their own extension. Uh, that TikTok ban? Yeah, yeah. That, that thing, that was, a, that was a new Patriot Act. I, yeah. I, I hope that thing's dead for good. I don't, I don't know, but it's scary how quickly they pulled that thing out. Where they're just like, hey, we need... Uh, it was like any... They had the ability to label anyone a foreigner, even if they were not foreign. And then like... Seize all your assets. Yeah, like just get like all your electronic everything, and uh, yeah, it was, it was scary. Um, but yeah, so FBI sees everyone as an enemy, which of course means the FBI, FBI is an enemy. I mean, if they're going to be making enemies out of all of us, we should probably start viewing them as the enemy of all of us. Them, the elected people, corporate media, seems like. There's a lot of people with a lot of power centered around things in D.C. And they don't have our interests in mind. They don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, let's see. I think I got some, some lighter fare here. Um, I'll do something real quick. What are we on time right now? Uh, 55. Oh, okay. Uh, well, here's just a couple little tweets from some people talking about go away, talking about the uh, Fox News numbers post uh, Carlson. So Brian Stelter retweeted by Megyn Kelly here. So the Tuesday's rating showcased the new normal for Fox without Tucker. So 
5 p.m. was 2.7 million. 8 p.m. the Tucker spot was down to 1.48 million. Um, so Tucker normally averaged 3 million 8 p.m. So that hour has been cut in half, and the later hours have lost at least a quarter. So it's not just affecting 8 o'clock. Like it's affecting Sean Hannity. Like his show is getting less ratings, even though like he's been a name for forever, you know, for Fox News and the radio and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, his numbers are dropping by 25 percent, like across the board. And then like this other one's about the key demo here. Um, so yeah, the 25 to 54 demo. Get out of here, Google. Go. Yeah, look, it dropped by 42% at 6 p.m., 62% at 7 p.m., 75% at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. is down 70, 66, 49. So, like, the key demo, I mean, like, wow. seriously. I mean, I don't know what that average is out, but let's just say, I don't know, get those 40s out there. No one cares about 6 and 11 p.m. You know, you're averaging 70% or something like that. And, like, uh, that's a hell of a... A hell of a demo. To, I mean, the, the key demo. It's like, and you know, Fox News has been trending old anyway. You know, and uh, they are just falling off a cliff. I, uh, you know, when we were reading the ratings uh, last week, and it's like, oh, that's not that low. We'll see how they. They'll probably recover or something. I don't know anymore. I don't know if they will recover. Um, and just a light. This is, I guess, not light for this fella, but it seems very stupid. And it's actually from the FoxNews.com. Former heavyweight boxing oh, works. world champion Deontay Wilder was taken into custody on Tuesday on suspicion of carrying a concealed gun in a Rolls Royce. Oh, great, we got some noise outside. I'm sure that's being picked up. Uh, so he, <clears throat> he was pulled over because he's got heavy tint and an obstructed license plate in L.A. driving his Rolls Royce. The officers on the scene reported the smell of marijuana, which led to a vehicle search. This is Los Angeles, California. Marijuana is legal. Wow. Yeah, like it's totally legal. And then they searched his car, found a gun. He tweeted out, I'd rather be safe than sorry. The end. And, you know, let the d- he's got a gun inside his Rolls Royce in, in Hellscape, Los Angeles. Like, pretty sure he's okay. Yeah, like he's not, and he's a boxer. Odds are he's going to punch someone by, before he shoots him. But, like, I don't know. It's just a gun. And he wasn't shooting anybody. He was driving, minding his own business with his tinted windows in his Rolls Royce that he earned for punching people in the face. And the cops like, kind of smells like marijuana in here. It's like, uh, isn't that legal? <laughs> we need to search your car. <laughs> like, but, I mean, like, what's the point? What's and he's point? not going to say no because he wants to live. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I would say no. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. The, the situation, you know. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I'm sure by the time he got pulled over, he already had his agent or whatever, or attorney on the phone. They said, just go along. with like, what do you got? I was like, I got a gun and I got some weed. Like, just fine. We can get past that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let them search. Like, how much, how much weed? Oh, that's not a lot. How much? How many guns? Just one gun? Ah. You're I'm, good. Just let them search your car. <laughs> like, they start cutting into your seats. Call me back. Right. You know? Take pictures. <laughs> it's like in California where weed is legal. It's like, oh. And actually, did they even find? All they, f- they found a 9mm. I guess even if they found pot, what's, I mean, it's not illegal to possess or, you know, so well, I guess why would you even report it? Once again, why would you even search a vehicle for smelling pot? It's like, we think you have uh, cigarettes in this car. We need to search it. It's like, there are cigarettes in the car. Yeah. It's like, yep, we need to search your car. 
It's like, that doesn't make any sense. I just gave you the answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's in here. Like, I got it. It's legal. Here, look. There it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's just fun fun with the police, and uh, I'm sure this guy's going to get the charges dropped because, what, I mean, possession of a gun inside your own car, not using it, not doing anything illegal. Oh, I guess he'll probably get a ticket for his tint. But, like, out of all these places where, you know, out in California, New York, that's where, like, targets are shutting down and, like, Home Depots and stuff are like, look, y'all, it's just out of control. Too many, too many places with too much shoplifting and no one gets in any trouble. And then these people get in trouble for having a gun in their car, minding their own business. And it's like, okay, so this is the problem. The problem is that guy, that that very successful man minding his own business because his windows were a little dark. You know, it's like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, so that's, I guess, in summation. Um, we keep we keep letting our focus be pointed in different directions uh, by the corporate media that we know has no interest in the truth. <clears throat> Um, so we have to try our best not to get sucked into every narrative, especially if it feels real good. If it like confirms a lot of your thoughts already, confirms your prior opinions and you go, Oh yeah. Like whatever the opinion is, like everything's racist or everything's homophobic or everything's, uh, Democrats are all horrible or whatever it is. If there's some story where they're like, look over there, here's your red meat. And you're just like, Ooh, I like that red meat. Like, that's when you really have to try to resist getting sucked into the void. Because uh, there's real things going on. We didn't even talk about the, the drone that exploded in the Kremlin, uh, which may or may not have been in Russia. Who knows? But there's big things going on. We're on the verge of World War Three. China is uh, making different moves. It looks like they're going to invade Taiwan maybe this year. Um, we're starting to, like, shove a bunch of weapons towards Taiwan. Like, we're getting getting into some serious stuff here all while... Our dollar is falling apart, and our economy is about to crash, and we are just talking about fight on the subway. So just remember to keep looking. Don't, uh, don't get sucked into all the narratives. Um, so I think that's going to wrap us up this week, Charlie. Um, I am Frank Kraft, your candidate and host. Uh, be sure to follow us on all the things. Give us some, uh, give us some parting words there, Chuck. Um, just... Just chill. Like, I think I said that the last time. We just need to keep chilling. You seem so wise these days. Last time you were also wise. Now we've celebrated your wisdom, but <laughs> these past couple of weeks, your age has really shown great wisdom. <laughs> all right, follow us on all the things and all that. Have a good one.